0: Here's a thought I'll title, Yesterday's Limitations Are Gone. Well, yeah, okay, pretty much gone, anyway. There might be exceptions, but we'll leave it as a blanket statement. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the fact that there was quite a bit of criticism 15 years ago when some of us, me included, chose the Micro Four Thirds platform for our gear, up until then, I had owned fixed lens cameras an olympus c eighty eighty lovely camera sony d s c r one lovely camera, some fuji cameras, lovely cameras. But I felt that digital photography had matured enough that I wanted to step up to an interchangeable lens system and recognized that this was this was an important decision, so I did a lot of study way back when, this is probably in 2008, I think it was. And I was doing a lot of research about what format of system I wanted to jump into. And I decided to jump into Micro Four Thirds for one simple reason. And in retrospect, it was a good reason, but maybe not the greatest reason to commit to Micro Four Thirds. And that was when they introduced the Panasonic G1 It was one of the very first, or if not the very first camera, to have a fully articulated LCD screen. And to me, that was an incredibly important feature. So I committed to Micro Four Thirds. I bought the camera, I bought some lenses, and I've been with it ever since. Well, along with that came a bit of an inferiority complex, (laughs) because Micro Four Thirds has been pilloried relentlessly ever since it was introduced for its inherent drawbacks and this has happened over and over and over again for as long as micro four-thirds has been around because it's not full frame because it's not as sophisticated as the more deluxe cameras but for some reason i didn't care about that what i cared about is the functionality of the camera and that lcd screen and the electronic viewfinder which Now, seems like everybody has electronic viewfinders, but I remember when that camera was introduced, the G1, that was a big topic of concern about when you're looking through the viewfinder and not seeing the real world, but you're seeing essentially a little teeny tiny TV screen (laughs) inside the camera, that was going to be a real serious problem. But I never found that it was, at least for the kinds of photography that I did. Worse, however, was the problem that micro four thirds were noisy, low resolution, and they couldn't achieve a shallow depth of field because of the apertures and the lenses, etc. And all of that was true enough back then, but it didn't prevent me from committing to micro four thirds and staying with micro four thirds. Well, fast forward to today now, some 16 years later after that first Panasonic G1, And Micro Four Thirds is still being disparaged as somehow not as serious a camera format as full-frame cameras, and certainly not as serious as the big-name Sony, Canon, and Nikon, and a long, long way from medium-format cameras. But for as long as I've been involved with Micro Four Thirds, gosh, I hope this doesn't sound apologetic, I've never found any of those limitations to be a serious block to creating artwork. Sure, sometimes you bump up against the limitation of a camera, but that happens no matter what the camera is, no matter what the format is, no matter what generation it is, every camera will have limitations. But a very curious thing has happened in the intervening 16 years since the introduction of the Panasonic G1 in the form of software improvements. Because here in 2024, the problems of noise, low resolution, and not being able to achieve a shallow depth of field have been completely resolved by the introduction by Adobe of enhanced denoise that's been out for, what, a couple of years, super resolution that's been out for a couple of years, and now the new lens blur tool, which can create depth of field of almost any kind we want to whatever degree we want, essentially all of the problems that people have nitpicked about micro four-thirds for a decade and a half have all gone away in the click of a button. I can create absolutely noiseless images at ISO 6400 and images with acceptable noise at least up to 12,800. I can easily enough make a 40 or 80 or so megapixel image with a combination of pixel shift technologies in the camera or the up-resing via super resolution that's found in Lightroom and Photoshop, which leaves the final criticism of Micro Four Thirds, which was it can't create sufficient lens blur and compete with the wide apertures of full-frame lenses, which is true optically, But I can create whatever lens blur I want now with software using the new lens blur tool. So I guess it's time for me to let go of my silly inferiority complex and my paranoia about about this Micro Four Thirds camera. But I don't think the world of photography is ever going to accept Micro Four Thirds as serious for reasons that I'm just not sure I understand. I remember being in China years ago, when one of the Chinese photographers asked me if I was embarrassed by attending such a big photo conference in China and bringing only a Micro Four Thirds camera. And I wanted to say, well, let's compare prints, but I thought that might be in politics, so I just kept my mouth shut. But I know that my user experience with software, with the terrific features that are built into Micro Four Thirds cameras, I know that's never going to overpower the incredible marketing of the full frame camera manufacturers who want to continue to claim that theirs are superior because they're bigger. Well, I guess that's never going to be overcome as long as we continue to just absorb the myth that bigger is always better when in fact it's demonstrably not. Copyright 2024, Lenswork Publishing.